Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Zwans, and today is the feast of St. John Mary Vianney. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, who made the priest, St John Vianney, wonderful in his pastoral zeal, grant, we pray, that through his intercession and example, we may in charity win brothers and sisters for Christ and attain with them eternal glory. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the prophet Jeremiah. The word addressed to Jeremiah by the Lord. The Lord, the God of Israel, says this, Write all the words I've spoken to you in a book. Yes, the Lord says this, Your wound is incurable, your injury past healing. There is no one to care for your sore, no medicine to make you well again. All your lovers have forgotten you. They look for you no more. Yes, I have struck you as an enemy strikes with harsh punishment. So great is your guilt, so many your sins. Why bother to complain about your wound? Your pain is incurable. So great is your guilt, so many your sins that I have done all this to you. The Lord says this, Now I will restore the tents of Jacob and take pity on its dwellings. The city shall be rebuilt on its ruins the citadel restored on its site. From them will come thanksgiving and shouts of joy. I will make them increase and not diminish them, make them honoured and not disdained. Their sons shall be as once they were, their community fixed firm in my presence, and I will punish all their oppressors. Their prince will be one of their own, their ruler come from their own people. I will let them come freely into my presence and he can come close to me. Who else indeed would risk his life by coming close to me? It is the Lord who speaks. And you shall be my people, and I will be your God. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord will build up Zion again, and appear in all his glory. The Lord will build up Zion again, and appear in all his glory. The nations shall fear the name of the Lord, and all the earth's kings your glory. When the Lord shall build up Zion again, and appear in all his glory, then he will turn to the prayers of the helpless, 
He will not despise their prayers. The Lord will build up Zion again and appear in all his glory. Let this be written for ages to come. Let a people yet unborn may praise the Lord. For the Lord leaned down from his sanctuary on high. He looked down from heaven to the earth, that he might hear the groans of his prisoners and free those condemned to die. The Lord will build up Zion again and appear in all his glory. The sons of your servants shall dwell untroubled, and their race shall endure before you, that the name of the Lord may be proclaimed in Zion, and his praise in the heart of Jerusalem. When peoples and kingdoms are gathered together to pay their homage to the Lord. The Lord will build up Zion again and appear in all his glory. Alleluia, alleluia. Master, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Pharisees and scribes from Jerusalem came to Jesus and said, Why do your disciples break away from the tradition of the elders? They do not wash their hands when they eat food. He called the people to him and said, Listen and understand. What goes into the mouth does not make a man unclean. It is what comes out of the mouth that makes him unclean. Then the disciples came to him and said, Do you know that the Pharisees were shocked when they heard what you said? He replied, Any plant my heavenly Father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them alone. They are blind men leading blind men. And if one blind man leads another, both will fall into a pit. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so today we celebrate the Feast of St. John Vianney, and um, he was the patron saint of parish priests. Uh, And then in 2009, when uh, Pope Benedict called the Year of the Priest, um, he expanded the patronage of St. John Vianney to all priests, not just parish priests, not just diocesan priests. Um, So, look, this might be a bit of um, kind of naked self-interest, but I want to talk a little bit about the Cure of Ars. And as relevant as this is going to be for priests, I've also got a tiny little request and a piece of advice for lay people. Now, John Vianney died on the 4th of August in 1859. And to celebrate the centenary of his death, Pope John XXIII issued an encyclical in honour of uh, St. John Vianney. And speaking on the importance of personal prayer in the life of the priests, Pope St. John XXIII uh, quotes the Cure of Ars, St. John Vianney. This is what he said. The great thing that keeps us priests from gaining sanctity is thoughtlessness. It annoys us to turn our minds away from external affairs. We don't know what we really ought to do. What we need is deep reflection together with prayer and an intimate union with God. And then John the 23rd goes on in his own words, the testimony of his life makes it clear that he always remained devoted to his prayers and that not even the duty of hearing confessions or any other pastoral office could cause him to neglect them. Even in the midst of tremendous labours, he never let up on his conversation with God. Now, personally, I really feel the weight of that 
exhortation. Um, because, you know, as a priest, I, I understand those external pressures. You know, there, there are 101 things that we could possibly be doing, and, and they're all good. Um, but some of them are more useful than others. You know, there's a lot of administration involved in parish life and all that sort of stuff. But how easy it is for priests to be captured by thoughtlessness, as John the 23rd puts it. You know, I think sometimes we can forget that John Vianney's parish, it wasn't a roaring success from the start. Uh, he spent a good number of years in the church on his own praying. Just because he didn't really have much of a congregation to speak of. And that was the fruitfulness of his ministry. It wasn't just that he was the best preacher. It wasn't just that he was the most effective organizer and was able to implement the best pastoral programs. He was a saint. He was holy. And the fruitfulness of his ministry came from him being configured to Christ, the high priest. You know, none of us are priests in our own right. It's only ever by virtue of our sharing in Christ's priesthood, um, which means that, like, okay, Christ works through every priest, but a priest isn't just a robot. You know, he he brings something with his own holiness. In fact, um, Archbishop Fulton Sheen uh, wrote a book called uh, The Priest is Not His Own, and in it he said this. He said, every worldly priest hinders the growth of the church. Every saintly priest promotes it. If only all priests realized how their holiness makes the church holy and how the church begins to decline when the level of holiness among priests falls below that of the people. Now, I reckon it's probably important to you know take Sheen in the right way. He's not saying that the holiness of the people isn't important, um, but... You know, if the priest isn't leading by means of his own holiness, what's he going to give to the people? You know, what example can he offer them? What word of God can he preach to them if he's not first listened to it himself? The church needs holy people, um, and the church needs holy priests to make holy people. So here's my little piece of advice for lay people. Pray for your priests. For your sake, if not only for theirs. And I'd make it specific. Pray that you have a priest who prays. So that's my piece of advice. Um, and now here's my request. Please pray for me that I might always know the great need for prayer and, and have a desire for it, and that my priestly ministry might begin from on my knees. Now, I'll let you in on a little secret. Pretty much all the time when I'm preaching, I'm actually preaching to myself. When I speak about the importance of holiness for priests, it's coming from a place of recognizing my own lack in that regard. When I talk about the importance of priests being at prayer, um, it's because I recognize my own lack in that regard. So 
please pray for me. It's not fake humility. It's really not. If it's not something that we're accustomed to doing uh, terribly often, um, I'd really commend to you praying for your priest, especially at this time when the priesthood is experiencing, you know, a really deep crisis, uh, and at a time when you know we're struggling with vocations. Um, pray for your priests, and pray that they be men of prayer. Now, one who really took up this task of praying for priests was St. Therese of Lisieux, and she, and she composed a rather beautiful prayer. Um, and I'd like to conclude by praying it now, and perhaps you'd like to raise your mind to God and, and pray it along with me. O Jesus, I pray for your faithful and fervent priests, for your unfaithful and tepid priests, for your priests labouring at home or abroad in distant mission fields, for your tempted priests, for your lonely and desolate priests, for your young priests, for your dying priests, for the souls of your priests in purgatory. But above all, I recommend to you the priests dearest to me, the priest who baptised me, the priests who've absolved me from my sins, the priests at whose masses I've assisted and who've given me your body and blood in Holy Communion, the priests who've taught and instructed me, all the priests to whom I am indebted in any other way, especially and here consider the priest you'd like to pray for particularly. O Jesus, keep them all close to your heart, and bless them abundantly in time and in eternity. Amen. St. John Vianney, pray for us. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot, at this moment, receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. 
Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.